from the Mercy One Studio. Man Up, brought to you by Construction Professionals, a program dedicated to inspiring and helping men live lives of heroic virtue. Join Joe Stopulus every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. And now, it's time to Man Up. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting from the Mercy One studio, heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, and 94.5 FM, around the globe, streaming online at iowacatholicradio.com and on the Iowa Catholic Radio app. I am Joe Stopulus, and today I am joined by the great Father PJ McManus, and we're going to discuss getting out of a cycle of sin. Let's start in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Really excited today uh, to have Father P.J. McManus on for this discussion, uh, continued discussion after the last two weeks with Tim Jamison uh, on getting out of a cycle of sin. Again, I mentioned this probably in the first episode, uh, which is, you know, I really had the idea of doing this, um, this kind of little mini series just in adoration. I was in adoration at St. Augustine's, kind of praying about topics that I thought would be important to, to us as men, things that we could we could gain from, and this just kept really tugging me over and over again that we need to talk about the existence of, of evil in the world uh, and how how evil can then bring us into these cycles of sin and, and leave us and trap us in them and what we can do to get out. I've seen so many good people, good men, good women uh, just be, be stuck in, in cycles of sin and not be able to get out of them. Uh, so I thought it was important that we really tackle this head on. Again, last week with Tim Jameson, last two weeks with Tim Jameson, uh, discussing these things with, with Tim, who's had a really unique uh, view on it because he's had a firsthand experience with a lot of it. And then this week with Father PJ. Similarly, uh, Father PJ, just one of the uh, one of the smartest, uh, <laughs> most devout people I've ever met. I love Father PJ to death, and I'm really excited to have him on for this topic. I reached out to him a couple weeks ago and said, hey, would he be willing to, to jump on for this specific topic? And he was more than happy to do it. So we're going to do a short break, and when we return, Father PJ McManus will be with me helping us break out of a cycle of sin. Thank you, Construction Professionals, for underwriting Man Up. Construction Professionals have been long supporters of Iowa Catholic Radio, and we've seen their work firsthand. It's very impressive. They do remodeling or new construction that is innovative, functional, and designing what you want. cpcustomhomes.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the morning is provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company providing premium outdoor landscaping. Clean up and restore outdoor living space with retaining walls, privacy fencing, pergolas, paver sidewalks, and patios. Issues with soil settling and water around the foundation and yard? Five Sons Naturescapes can grade and install drainage tile to help. Five Sons Naturescapes online at fivesonsnaturescapes.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo is provided by Confluence Brewing Company, a local brewery featuring seasonal and limited-release beers located off the bike trail south of Grace Lake and online at confluencebrewery.com. Confluence Brewing Company has growlers to go, apparel, and other gifts for family and friends. Confluence Brewing Company is available for curbside service and would like to thank you for your support. Thank you, Confluence Brewing Company, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. My help 
Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. I'm joined today by my good friend, Father P.J. McManus, pastor of Christ the King Catholic Church, Southside, Des Moines. Father P.J., welcome to the show. Thank you, Joe. So today's topic is going to be multifaceted, I would, I would imagine. It's going to be kind of a freewheeling conversation. Uh, but we're going to start with getting out of a cycle of sin. Uh, conversation I had with Tim Jamison, a friend of ours, mutual friend of ours, a couple weeks ago. I think it's an important conversation to have because a lot of us are quite frankly stuck in these cycles of sin. And it's it's so detrimental to us physically and spiritually and all these different ways to get out of them. And I'm curious, on your side as a priest, mm-hmm. your experience with these things and kind of maybe some of the things you've done to help people get out of these cycles of sin. Mm-hmm. Well, in some ways you've come to the right place, right? We're, we're recording live from the breakfast nook slash bar <laughs> of Christ the King Rectory. And literally 10 feet from where we're sitting is our outdoor confessional. I saw that. using it's really neat. Pandemic. Really so neat. we've been very fortunate. Um, for about a year before the pandemic hit, uh, we'd offered confessions every day of the week. Um, and since the since things reopened after the pandemic, we consistently hear confessions for an hour and a half to two hours a night. Unbelievable. So we, we I've got pictures of people lined up all the way down the block. Um, it's th- th- There's a thing happening, I think, where people, maybe especially during the pandemic, found themselves getting into cycles, new patterns of life emerging, just regular life, yeah. moral or amoral, just sort of like the way things run, and to new patterns of sin emerging, or patterns that were there but kind of nascent and not very obvious become more obvious to people. I think a lot of people, likewise, um, became more aware of the power of the sacrament of reconciliation, confession and penance, um, as they... Uh, as they were deprived of it or felt like they couldn't get to it. Um, and so people are trying to take it more seriously and, and, and break out of cycles that they find themselves in. And I would say the very first, you know, piece to getting over a cycle of sin is the prudent and effective use of the sacrament of penance. So that's why we offer it so much here. Um, now I say prudent and effective use. I was, I was you're ahead of me. I was yeah, just saying, please it. define, define prudent yeah, and effective yeah, right. use. So, so th- there are two versions of, uh, of, confession that I think are just basically unhelpful. Um, the first one is uh, what a lot of us were raised in, which was a, a misunderstanding of the post-conciliar thing, which is confession is not very important or is only important for very serious things or is only important kind of seasonally. So the sort of pen- Lent, right? Lent or maybe Lent and Advent, Advent if you're lucky. Yeah. So the, you know, we have these penance palooses with 15 different priests and, and um, those can have their place, especially uh Moments of pilgrimage or festivals, something like Christ Our Life, those moments where you have lots of priests that are hearing at the same time, they have a place in the life of the church, to be sure. But the penance services, as imagined by the church, um, don't even necessarily suppose the sacraments happening there. Uh, you know, in the, in the book where we get that from, it's it's really envisioned originally as a sort of a thing that would happen every Friday to sort of remind everybody that they're sinners and they're in need of repentance. In some ways, it's preparatory to the celebration of the sacrament itself. So so the so the sacrament of confession, the sacrament of penance, um, the sacrament of reconciliation is really intended to be used regularly in the Christian life um, and, and not only reserved for kind of peak moments or real bad screw-ups or, or in seasons or times when we're already thinking about our own sinfulness. People, well, the first question I always write then is, well, how often, Father? Well, 
I can't say simply how often, not just because the church doesn't, but because I think what most people find is that they're at different seasons and times in their lives, more and less frequent use can actually be helpful. So I usually tell people, aim for once a month, no more than every two months. Why? Because it's too hard to keep track of stuff if you go much beyond that. Like you, you go much beyond six weeks and it's very difficult to recall what you've done. Mm-hmm. Well, if you can't recall what you've done, you're not going to be able to bring out patterns. And if you can't bring out patterns, then the confessor is not going to be able to really help you. Yeah. And so, so, so I, I personally uh, go about every two weeks. I'm a priest. So there's a reason I have to be sort of especially attuned. I would never say that everybody needs to do that. At times in my life, I've gone more frequently. There've been periods of my life where I was struggling with something in a very particular way where I've gone multiple times a week. That's not something to be recommended all the time, but occasionally might be necessary. There have been other times when it's been less frequent, more like every two months. But but the, the, the move here, right, and this is the most important thing I can say about this, is if you want your use of the sacrament to be effective, you need to do your absolute best to use the same confessor. Oh, yeah. Use the same priest over and over so that he can help you track patterns, temptations, cycles, of sin that you tend to get into and then help you head them off of the past. But I think there's another piece to that, which is if you're in the same cycle of sin, no one's usually proud of the sins they're committing. It's always embarrassing. Uh, regardless of whatever the sin is, you don't like the fact that you're not in control of yourself enough to be able to stop doing the thing that you keep showing That's up right. for. There's a, another level built into that, which is uh, that you don't want to see that guy again. You know, To your point, I've had cycles in my life, uh, especially in my 20s, where I was... Poor Father Mark Neal. You know, I'm just I had to grab that guy with like, multiple times a week kind of thing. And I knew in my head, if I do whatever, you know, whatever the thing is that I keep doing, I'm going to go see Father Mark again. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. And that's so it's twofold. A, mentally, it, it's another hoop to jump through to say, well, I, I don't want to do whatever X is, the, the cycle of sin that I'm in. And then B, so that's on me, and then B, it helps the priest to decide, okay, I'm going to try helping you through this as best I can, X, Y, and Z. Yeah, so there's an accountability piece, mm-hmm. and there's a, a sort of a effectiveness on the, on the part of the minister piece, so mm-hmm. that he's able to really help you maneuver what's going on spiritually. So I, I think that the every two months is where you said, I, I agree with that for sure. Once a month seems to be the recommendation that that's kind of the, the flow I've gotten into, and before this show, we did confession because it had been about six weeks, two months, and um, I was had been jonesing for it. So I think that's a good rule of thumb. It's helped me and my wife out uh, quite, a, quite a bit to make sure that we're always on track. Let's say now, again, that's kind of in, I would say, usual, customary, reasonable areas right. that once a month, that's that's just the, the in the flow. Once you get in the flow, it should be once a month. If I'm struggling with whatever the thing is, alcoholism, pornography, whatever these things are... Um, once a week, let's say I start going to confession every time I fall, or I go to confession, you know, at least once a week during these times, these times, and that's not quite doing it. Are there things you would recommend above and beyond? Hundred percent, and that's where that's where uh, you know I said so the, the 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 effective use of the sacrament. So on the one hand, you can underdo it, like by only going once or twice a year, or, or once every ten years, or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, on the other hand. Uh, it is possible to go to confession too much. 
Um, and, the, and this is especially true if you're shopping confessors. <laughs> so if you're going to confession three times a week and each time you hit a different priest, or if you're planning your masturbation sessions around when the next confession time is that you can get to, and this is a real thing that happens, um, we need to do something different. This is no longer an effective use of the sacrament. And that's the reason using the same guy is so important, because if he's a good confessor, what he'll do is he'll help you. And he may actually say, much as we do with scrupulous people, I need for you to come only to me, and I need for you to come no more than once a week. Because one of the problems, this is certainly true with the porn and masturbation thing, though it's not limited to that. Once we become aware of uh, a dominant fault of of an habitual sin, we can trick ourselves into thinking that our ability to get over this, that our our effectiveness at getting over to the sin is rooted simply in my will. If I just try hard yeah. enough. Yeah. And of course, that's the lie. That's what got us into the mess to begin with. Mm-hmm. You don't have the willpower to get over it. That's the whole point. So sometimes just having to kind of sit in it and recognize that you've done this again and, and that God's grace is not absent you but isn't going to be effective in the same way until you're able to come back is one of the most effective ways mm-hmm. to get us to create new cycles new patterns to help us move into new ways of being. I think one of the other things that was effective when I've had cycles of sin, especially like severe sin, is understanding that the Eucharist, I mean, if you're choosing mortal sin, if you're choosing to be not in a state of grace, you you can't go to the Eucharist. And so I think the vision of the church is that every person that is receiving communion, again, our eyes should not be on the people up there. Our eyes should be focused on Jesus and then going back to our pew and praying or singing or whatever we're doing. And so it shouldn't matter what you're doing, but to the extent that everyone that's going up and receiving the Eucharist is in the state of grace, that should be a sign to us. And so we're all just going up willy-nilly with all this sin in our, on ourselves, right. and we have it. So again, it's another hurdle, another uh, barrier between you and the sin is to know, if I do this, I cannot receive Jesus on Sunday. Either I'm going to sit in the pew, or I'm going to have to go up and get blessings or whatever. That's just one more hurdle, one more barrier uh, to committing that sin. So I think it's another good piece that the church has built in, which is this, you know, I think it's this Corinthian? Which, where's it from? Uh, the, the, the abstaining from the Eucharist bit? Yeah. Yeah, you render judgment unto yourself. Yeah. So the problem is, right, and this is the traditional discipline of excommunication, right, is that, is that we, we separate ourselves from the Eucharist as a reflection of our own behavior. Every time we come up to an election cycle, this becomes a thing, and people want to talk about whether this politician can go to communion or not. And in some ways, the, the conversations aren't especially effective, but the, but the principle is dead on, right? Which is our external actions in the real world do affect our ability to commune with God in the supernatural world. Um, now, it's the, it's the priest's job, and this is why, you know, in a kind of habitual way, we should be receiving the same sacraments from our parish priest, who we have a real relationship with, so that we're not calling him father as an honorific, but because he's a guy that we know and who knows our stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, um, there are many Orthodox communities where the priest, uh, I've been to several monasteries where the priest, um, if he doesn't know you, won't commune you. Wow. Or he'll insist that you go to confession before liturgy because he won't take the chance. He's not going to jeopardize himself communicating a person that isn't fit for their sake or for his, because he doesn't want to cause spiritual harm to them. Now, we wouldn't go that direction, and the West historically hasn't kind of gone that direction. But the fact that that's part of the broader tradition tells us something important, right? Yeah. This is serious stuff, and we need to take it seriously. 
I think the other piece, though, that's really built into breaking out of cycles of sin and that often gets gets lost um, is is building new cycles of grace or virtue. Mm-hmm. Just as most of us have one or two kind of dominant faults that we deal with, most of us have one or two dominant virtues that we tend to most naturally. I'm too kind, Father. I'm just too kind to people. <laughs> you might be that You know, I... Um, the, it, an example I often use for people, um, it's, uh, it gets at the point. I think your listeners would appreciate this especially. So um, in a previous assignment, I did a, a fair bit of work with sex workers, um, so prostitutes. And I was able to, not on my own, but the program that I was working with was able to help several of the women get out of life. And um, my experience, I'm not going to say this is universal, but my experience of prostitutes is that um, y- you don't meet stingy hookers. <laughs> and, and, and I'm only not, by the way not where I thought this was going but okay no the, the, the move here is this right they they tend to generosity by nature and it's that that generous sense that I think very often gets themselves I've had this conversation I had a conversation with a vice cop from Des Moines about this just last week the the tendency to generosity is often what puts the girls in bad situations to begin with and allows them to be taken advantage of now, it's not victim-blaming. The, the, the guys that take advantage of them are absolutely the ones who are responsible, right? But, but, but it shows how, in our own personalities, we can have these tendencies yeah. to particular vices and particular virtues. Most prostitutes don't have a particular tendency to lust, but they do have a particular tendency to generosity, which makes them vulnerable, which can then be exploited by nefarious yeah. people. Each of us is built the same way, you know? And, and our virtues and our vices often run kind of opposite each other. So that if, if you have a tendency to gossip, like, like if talking about other people is important to you, you often have a real concern, like a, like a, like a capacity for diligence or, or, or insistence on facts. Hmm. And, and, and they run along kind of parallel lines. What I have found, and this isn't just me, right? This is like John Cashin, Paphnutius, the Desert Fathers. The best way to overcome a vice is not by hitting it head on. Because by the time you realize it's a vice, it's already too strong. Instead, you do your best to ignore the object of the vice and focus your energies on the virtue. Mm. So with the prostitutes in Chicago, we got them to volunteer at the public library. And volunteering, being generous with time, was enough to raise their awareness again of the good outside themselves and break them out of life. Wow. So, so, so for most of us, when we're caught in a cycle of sin, if we can just put pause on the sin, not try real hard not to do it, but just put pause on the sin and distract ourselves with virtue, mm-hmm. you don't have time for the sin. Yeah. So my mom smoked the whole time I was growing up. And this is the way that I often put it. When you're working with somebody trying to stop smoking, not going to smoke, not going to smoke, never going to smoke again, honey, never going to smoke again, never going to smoke, never going to smoke, 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 got to have a smoke, got to have a smoke, got to have a smoke. The more it's in front of your head, the more you're more likely to fall to it. So that doesn't mean that you don't take reasonable precautions. If porn's your thing, you put filters on your phone and your computer. Throw if, it away. It, throw it away. <laughs> if booze is your thing, get it out of the house. Yeah. If, if food's your thing, get on a I meal say, plan. I tell people, like, oh, I can't stop eating sweets. I'm like, well, you have a bowl of M&Ms at your, your desk. Yes. Like, I, I'm not a scientist. But that seems like a bad like, correlation between what you're that's doing. That's exactly so. right. That's exactly right. So, so an awareness of our virtues, taking precautions to 
an awareness of our vices, taking precautions to avoid the sin, and then a, a deep awareness of our virtues. I often tell people, you, because you, by the time they come to me, there's a problem. So, <laughs> so it, okay, so you know what your sin is. You know what the near occasion of sin is for you. You know where to go, when to go, how to go to get yourself mm-hmm. in trouble. You need to be on the lookout for the near occasion of grace. You need to kind of hit reset and figure out where God's calling you to something good in your daily life that you've just been blown by because you've been so focused on the sin. So to take it out of the realm of where our guys usually are into something real practical, I have struggled since I was a little boy with patience. I am just by temperament, by nature, by uh, sort of orientation, not a patient person. I have grown hugely in patience in, in my adult life. And I've done it largely because of the grocery store. Every time I go to the grocery store, I always get in the longest line. And it, it only ever, it's stupid, I know. But it only ever takes two or three minutes longer than the short line. But it forces me in those two or three minutes to be patient in a way that I'm not in How long have you done this? At least 10 years. That's awesome. It's taken a long time. Um, and I won't say it's... I would shop for groceries less, I think. <laughs> well, no, you, you know what I started doing was I, I first did it on a whim, but it was so effective. What I do now is like, it, I know, if I know I'm going to have a meeting that's going to test my patience, or if I have to have a difficult conversation with a staff member, or I have a parishioner who's going to drive me crazy later in the day, I will get up early and go to the store and buy something just for the purpose of the exercise. Wow. Um, even if it's just like buy a quart of milk yeah. and buy two quarts of milk instead of a gallon or something, but to force me to go through it because it forces me to be patient in a way that I won't be patient on my own because I was able to recognize in the grocery store, the near occasion of grace. I'm convinced everybody has these all throughout their day. Um, it, it might be with the way that you handle your kid. It might be with the way that you talk to your spouse. It might be with the dishwasher. It might be with the car, whatever it is, but there are these occasions all around us all the time, but we're so focused often with avoiding the thing that I know is bad for me, we don't notice the things that are good for us. Is it just inherent now you'll just do it every time? Like, now it's become a habit. Wow, that's awesome. All right, so let's do this. For the first time in Man Up history, I'm going to head to a break, but I'm going to have you on after the break because I got something I want to talk to you about. Any final parting thoughts uh, on getting out of the cycle? You have about 30 seconds to a minute. Is there anything else you want to add to it before the break? You can't do it on your own. You need grace and you need at least one other person to help you. Um, if you're married or uh, have a, a serious partner, a serious you know fiance or girlfriend or something, um, you need her, not just for porn stuff, but for all of it. Um, if you want any authentically intimate relationship with a, a spouse type or with a close friend, they have to be aware of where your 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 stumbling blocks are because they're going to be the best assets you have in your in your struggle to overcome sin. Father PJ, thanks so much. Thanks, Joe. Stick around. We're having a short break, and we'll be right back. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. 
Imogene ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. Information about Pharmatan and other products at ImogeneIngredients.com. Paul and Paul are members of St. Augustine's Knights of Columbus and encourage their brother knights to keep standing for their faith. Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio and a very special edition. Honestly, I think it might be the first time I've ever kept a guest to the third segment, but there was something we talked about ahead of time that I was hoping we'd get to mm-hmm. related to the cycle of sin and grace and, 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 which is getting back to Mass. We're in this weird time of coronavirus. We have about a minute and a half to discuss this topic, but I wanted to get your thoughts on how do we get back, whether we're going or other people, what can we do? Mm-hmm. So, so the Mass is the most important thing we do as Catholics. It's the source and summit of our faith. It's what, it's what literally makes the church. The mass is what makes the church. The body of Christ present in the sacrament makes up the body of Christ present in the assembly. And so um, if you or you've got friends or family members or whatever that are not back to mass yet, there are, of course, people that have real conditions yeah, that need say, to stay back. So this is, not, this is not meant as a guilt trip for people that have real things. But it has become very clear to me as a priest and all to pretty much everybody who's coming to Mass right now, that there are a whole lot of people that have just decided Mass is not sufficiently important. And it works like this. If the grocery store is important, if the pharmacy is important, Mass is important. There doesn't really need to be any further conversation about it. Mass is important. You can't continue to sustain yourself without efficacious grace coming through the sacraments and um, watching Mass online or, or whatever other means simply isn't sufficient. You need the grace of the sacraments themselves. Your priests, I promise, will bend over backwards to make things possible for you. If your priest won't, come to Christ the King and I'll bend over backwards for you. But I, I, the sacraments are so important that the church has people whose whole lives are dedicated for the purpose <laughs> of making them accessible for you. Take advantage of them because it's how God wants to touch you. I'll add to your first point, if you're young and healthy, I mean, basically... If you are under the age of 55 and you're in perfect health, you should be at mass, period. Um, we have these precautions in place. I would say that's mostly for people who are at risk. So if you're not one of those people, you should be there. Or live with them. Yep, or something yep like exactly. That. Secondly, if your parish is purposely not having a lot of masses because they're trying to, you should start showing up and you'll have to have more masses. That's so, it. all right, there we go. Father PJ, thank you so much. Great episode. Thank you all for joining me today on IO Catholic Radio on Man Up. I am Joe Stopulus, and it's time to man up. Man Up, inspiring men to live out their call to holiness with Joe Stopulus. Heard Mondays at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Brought to you by Construction Professionals.